0: I am Patricia Oliver, and this is my husband, Manuel. Two years ago, our beautiful son, Joaquin, was shot and killed at Parkland. Every day, I think about him and what his last moments must have been like. Meanwhile, every day, nearly 100 more families lose someone they love to gun violence. Every single day, we keep telling people it doesn't have to be like this. They don't listen.
1: So we found a way to bring back someone that no one will ignore.
0: It's very hard for me to look at this. So please, please listen to what our son has to say.
2: Yo, it's me. It's Guac. I've been gone for two years
1: and nothing's changed, bro. People are still getting killed by guns. What is that? Everyone knows it, but they don't do anything. I'm tired of waiting for someone to fix it. The election in November is the first one I could have voted in, but I'll never get to choose the kind of world I wanted to live in. So you've got to replace my vote. Go to unfinishedvotes.com, register, then go vote. Vote for politicians who care more about people's lives than the gun lobby's money. Vote for people not getting shot, bro. I mean, vote for me because I can't. We've got to keep on fighting and we got to end this. Well, that was fun. I like that. I think that's fun. I think that's a good idea. I think reanimating the corpses of people to come back and make political points is a good idea. And I know many of you probably are watching this program, didn't expect me to come down on that side of the issue. But I like it. I like it. I like making technology work for us. I think it is such a cool way to get a message across. Just bring people back from the dead and put words... In their mouth. And maybe, did he say his name was Guac? His name is Joaquin Oliver. Okay. But he goes by Guac. He goes by Guac. Yeah. In the beginning, he said, hey, it's Guac. If I die, <laughs> please reanimate me and have me just slinging promo codes. I hope Ridge Wallet does it. Yeah. I hope if I die, Ridge Wallet brings me back from the dead. And, we, and I'm just like, I used to sling these wallets for years on my show and I've been dead for three years, and they're still great quality, and they're still great value. I would have bought these wallets if I was alive, but I'm not. I'm dead. I don't know. It's a little disturbing. But I get it. They're passionate, Mm -hmm. and they feel like, what can we do? I would have liked if they did a rap song, Mm -hmm. if they had made Joaquin Oliver a rapper. Mm -hmm. He could have came back and did a rap song, you know. That would have been a little more impressive. I get it. You could do the. Uh, you could recreate the voice and the imagery. Creepy, but I know it's possible. But make a hit. <laughs> you really want the kids involved? Make a hit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Have them do a talk. Bring him back. I want him back again for a TikTok viral dance challenge Mm -hmm. and a hit song. I respect that he's got a political message, but let's take it one step further. This is the beginning of the dystopia that we discuss on this show day in and day out uh, forever (laughs) since we've begun talking. Uh, This is, it's materializing. Now, I don't know if now that it's materializing, I'm going to have to go in, like, a whole other direction. Right. Because it's almost, it's, like, barely funny now that it's here. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's kind of at a point now where it's, like, substantially less funny that it's arrived, and it's just mouth agape, jaw-dropping, holy shit, They are literally bringing back a dead kid to do a fucking PSA about voting. (laughs) Like, this is literally happening. It's real. His parents are doing that. This is nuts. The president of the United States has COVID. The doomsday planes are in the air. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. Maybe Jimmy Fallon and the Muppets are the way to go. Maybe I was wrong. I mean... It's it's truly, I, I said the other night on stage, we're in Nashville here. That's why the studio looks slightly different. The great Ben Avery flying down to uh, make it seamless here. And for you to enjoy our, you know, our lovely curtain, our studio's a curtain, <laughs> and we want you to enjoy it. And it's simple. It's like, uh, this is like a... Uh, this is a table with a cloth on it. It looks like we uh, it looks like we're a bunch of veterans who sat up a table in the Nassau, commun- uh, the Nassau yeah. Coliseum yeah. in Long Island during like a, some type of trade show. Mm-hmm. military history, you know show. We have all kinds of medals set up, mm-hmm. and we just want to talk to you. Um, but I mean, when Ben showed me that this morning, I was like, "Well, it's here. Like, what do you do when it's here? Like, everything we've discussed, I mean, it's just here now. <laughs> I don't know. You want me to do uh, uh, interviews with upcoming bands? I don't know. But, I mean, this is really, truly 100. It's arrived. It's not on its way. It's not coming. It's not a futuristic movie. It's not an article you read. It's uh, not an idea. It's not a joke. It's not a prank. It is 100%. In effect, it's here. The dystopian nightmare has arrived. You don't know who's talking to you, if they're real, if they're dead, when they were dead. You don't know if the people running for president are alive or dead. They're being hidden. Everybody's got COVID, and then no one does. States are open and then they're not. Uh, I don't know. You, reality is a... I don't know. You just... You, you key in. We just had this Hattie B's Nashville hot chicken. It's disgusting. It's just disgusting. What's wrong with you people? Large swaths of this country are just drunk near do wells who just like some local garbage... I mean, the chicken is, like, so hot, you can't eat it. There's only one reason to have food that hot, and that it's that you had to put so much spice into it because it's bad meat. It's bad meat. Just fry the chicken. Throw a little spice in there. It shouldn't melt your face off in the afternoon. But A lot of people like that here because they're drunk. And they're trying to become, uh, you know, the next Luke Bryan. Trying to become a country music star. How sad is that? Country music is sad anyway, even when it's great. So when you're failing at it, it's right. very It's like comedy. <laughs> right. It's really like stand-up comedy. When you go walk into one of these bars in Nashville, you just see somebody with a guitar be like, Hey, y'all, I got molested as a girl. Or whatever they <laughs> sing about. I don't know. but I, I love country. I like country. I love it. But it is sad when you first start out, just like stand-up comedy, you're standing in a room alone, and you're revealing all these things about yourself to, you know, an an audience of drunks who don't care. And then I guess you go eat Hattie B's hot chicken, which is now invading L.A. Hot chicken. Man, white people love something where if they eat it, they feel ethnic. That's really what it is. They love eating something spicy. White women named Sarah with pit bulls love eating spicy food. (laughs) They do. They love it. So we're down here in Nashville, and Ben came down to put the studio together. Late last night, as we're falling asleep, we just got word that the president of the United States and his lovely wife, Melania Trump, Mm -hmm. who had a little whoopsie, she was on... uh, the phone, and she was talking about Christmas decorations, and she goes, who cares about this? Who cares about this Christmas shit? But I do it. I do it anyway. The migrant kids, who cares? <laughs> no one cares when Obama does this to the kids. Poor Melania Trump. You're hot. Mm-hmm. You're some Slovenian model. You know, you fuck a billionaire. He, he wifes you up. He locks you up in a golden tower. He's cheating on you. You don't care. You might be cheating on him. Who knows? It's some type of arrangement. You're rich as fuck. Things are going well. You're going out. You're having fun. You know, all of a sudden, he goes, listen, I'm going to be the president of the United States. And for a minute, you think, well, that might be a little fun. And then as you get into it, you realize what an absolute hell It is. I mean, she is the most... I don't want to be disrespectful and say she's like a mail-order bride, but she's not. But let's be honest and say that if Donald Trump owned a plumbing company, if he owned a plumbing company, he's not married to Melania Trump, probably, right? Or many of his other wives. It's just what it is. I'm not... I hope I'm not blowing anyone's brains (laughs) with that information. I still hope you believe in love out there. I still hope that you believe in a connection, two soulmates, eyes longingly meeting in a cafe. I hope all of those things to you are still real. But let me not let me not mince words here. Uh, there would be no way that Melania and Donald would be together if Donald didn't have a little bit of a fortune. He has a sizable fortune. It makes him appealing a sizable fortune and the lifestyle can make someone appealing. And now she's in the white house and she was brooding when she first got there. She wasn't really happy. She didn't like it. She was like a dump. They thought it was a dump. You know, they said that she had to have the Obama's toilets removed. She didn't like any, you know, she thought it was like a dump because she wants to live, you know, in a gold palace, opulent, you know, and the white house is, I guess, kind of plain for them, you know, because they live like that because they love the poor. Donald and Melania Trump has always had a deep affection for people that worked in the the coal mines in Pennsylvania and and Ohio. They love the Rust Belt. That's what they're about, you know, forever. And that's why they they live in this opulent gold fortress (laughs) on Fifth Avenue. And that's why they didn't want to move to the White House because they were like, this is a dump. You don't want to move into this dump. But she finally got there. And um, they had a very... uh, I think they were kidding around when they did Christmas there. I think that's what she's talking about in this leaked phone call. Do we have that by yeah, the way? I have it right here. We're going to play Melania Trump's leaked phone call. I feel bad for these people. I often feel for billionaires. I know that people say I shouldn't. I often feel for the very rich. Because you got to put yourself in their position. They're very rich. And all of this is just a bother. <laughs> Like the idea that you're the guy Jeffrey that was at your house now it's on the cover of the paper that he's running a human trafficking ring. It's like this is annoying to me. That's what being very rich feels like. They're just annoyed all the time. There's just little uh, annoyances all the time. Oh. That woman, slain that used to come to the house, who used to have a couple of uh, drinks, it was kind of funny. She was kind of funny. Yeah. Well, she's, you're not <laughs> going to believe this. She's running a human trafficking ring for the Mossad, and it's just there's small annoyances that you have. You just get upset. Like, I get annoyed when, uh, you know, the Wi-Fi at the Airbnb doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I go, this is annoying, there's people get annoyed. So I feel bad for Milani because poor Milani Trump's now in the White House, which is a dump. She's in the dumpy White. It's not, let's be honest straight, it's not that nice. It's not that nice. Real estate has moved on. Watch Million Dollar Listing. Watch Selling Sunset. You can do better than the White House. You can do better than a fucking old, white, plain house that a bunch of school kids walk through. Ugh. A bunch of fat middle Americans taking tours every day? Ugh. No thank you. So Melania's already pretty disgusted because she knows she's in the private residence, but when she wakes up every morning, she knows before COVID that there were like gross people on the other side of the house taking a tour. She's disgusted by that. She's like, this is grotesque. She goes, I didn't leave my country to come here to be with American people. I came here to marry a billionaire and live like a bitch. Now I got to do Christmas decorations and worry about kids in the cages. So Melania's like, what the fuck's that about? Melania goes, I know some women that went in cages. It was the best thing they ever did. Changed their life. So here is a leaked phone call. I'm not a fan of leaks. I don't know where this came from. Her senior advisor. Her senior advisor. But this is just fun. And you can hear in Melania's voice, is what I like about it, you can hear in Melania's voice just the frustration with the whole thing. Like, what is this? Melania Trump, everybody. They say I'm, I'm complicit. I'm
0: the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No, it's, where, it's, where I am... They, i put the i'm working like a ass my ass i know that christmas stuff that you know who gives a f- about christmas stuff Agreed. and decoration but i need to do it right yeah but a hundred percent you have and no then, choice and okay and then i do it and i say that i'm working on christmas uh, planning for the christmas and they said oh what about the children that they were separated give me a f- break <laughs> do where, where they were saying anything when obama did that i know they, do, i cannot go i i was trying to get the the kid reunited with the mom I, I didn't have a chance needs to go through the process and through the law but here's my thing hear what you just said but instead of that if if you just your messaging you you were so loved you would not do the story we put it out they would not do the story. I'm telling you. would not believe it. They would not do the story because no, but- they are not they would not do the story because they they are they are against us because they are liberal media. Yeah, if I go to Fox, they will do the story. I don't want to go to
1: Fox. Give me a break. So- Give me a break. Put the kids in the cage. It's Christmas time. Give me a break with these fucking kids in the cage. We're having Christmas. I love her. I like her immediately. Don't you yeah. like her when you yeah. hear that? I oh, like yeah. her. Because you know what? She's she's angry. She goes, what are they saying? I'm complicit. What, what do you want me to do? I'm fucking this guy for his money. I'm taking his money. Melania Trump's a feminist hero. She's stealing this guy's money while he sleeps. Now she's fucking got COVID. They're blaming her for the goddamn kids in the cages. I feel for her. She goes, I did the Christmas decorations. Who gives a fuck about that? Who gives a shit? But I do it. And their Christmas decorations were weird. People were saying on Twitter it looked like the uh, the Upside Down and Stranger Things. They were comparing it to the Obamas. Because the Obamas had like a warm Christmas thing. And the Trumps had like, I think it was like a cold winter wonderland theme. I remember that. Yeah, yeah remember it, that. Melania looked like the white witch from Narnia. It was just a strange... But I like I like a cold Christmas theme. I feel for Melania Trump. Maybe I vote for Melania. How about that? Can I vote for just a spouse? Can I vote for Jill Biden? The spouses <laughs> here have got to be better than the men. Oh, yeah. The women have got to be better than the men. Jill Biden's got to be more on the ball than him. And from what I've just heard, I think Melania is more qualified than Donald to do this. She's a a fucking Slovenian gold digger. Nobody knows more about America than a woman like that who comes over and marries Donald Trump. Nobody understands this country better than her, by the way. People want to shit on her? She gets it. She knows what motivates people, what animates them. I mean, the doomsday planes are up in the air. Ben told me, and what now these doomsday planes, and they, but they, re, they activated them after Trump got COVID, and they didn't want anyone to freak out. They didn't want anybody upset about this. They just said- It was a coincidence. It's a coincidence. It's happenstance. It's just one of those things that happen. We just put the doomsday planes up in the air because we like to fly. We like to fly them around, see what <laughs> happens. It's a doomsday plane. And why do we call it the doomsday plane? No reason. Now, these are the planes that are, what do they cost? It's something absurd. Something like $220 like $220 220 million dollars and the plane is supposed to be able to withstand what like nuclear radiation and
2: yeah uh, it, it, in, in the event of a nuclear war disaster or other large scale conflict that threatens key military and government infrastructure they're used by the airborne command post oh good and there's four of them
1: there's four doomsday planes do we know how many of them have been activated all of them
2: uh, i'm not sure let me look that up we
1: don't know it's hard to know folks I've got my opener on the road with me, Dan Carney. I got up; he got upset with me uh, uh, last night because I had, I was going in on sports journalists, and I was suggesting that people like Jamelly Hill weren't geniuses. It's really funny. I was. It's sports. It's it's what what are we doing? It's mm. there are smart people that are athletes. Let, let's get this out of the way for all of you that are angry at me. Go, oh Tim, you're fat and you're not an athlete, and that's why you're gonna do blah. No, no, I am an athlete. I'll beat you in a swim race. I was a great athlete, third fastest butterflyer on Long Island at seven years old. That counts. Mm -hmm. That kid doesn't matter. I'm fat now. It counts then. I was winning then. You've never won. But a journalist who covers basketball is not an intelligent human being. Enough. They're not bright. It's what it is. Most journalists who cover politics aren't bright. There's like five of them that I respect, but let's stop. But, but here's the problem. This little guy who I love he's great, but he, you know, he had like a basketball podcast. You know what they do is they get the kid. You can't tell, you can't tell anyone under 30 right now that they're not the greatest thing to have existed on earth because they think it's abuse. They stare at you like you're abusing them. If you tell them that they are not the, you know, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ on the planet. So when, when he goes, when, so he, everybody likes things they could talk with authority about. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People like the things they can speak with authority about. Uh, so when I was uh, denigrating people that talk about sports professionally for money, he got a little mad at me. Cause he's got it, you know, he had a basketball podcast with his very attractive friend. I used to tune in every now and then. Cause the, the friend is like insanely attractive. And then, you know, of course there's the one that I usually spend time with, but they're just not. I mean, sports are important. We need them as a country. They're good. I'm all for that competition. Blah blah blah. I'm with it all. And there's some very smart people that are coaches, and I get that. But when you talk about the people that are 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 sports journalists, I mean, I don't know how many real geniuses you have in that crew. Am I? Is that controversial statement? I don't think so. Are people getting angry at me? I like Bob Costas. He's kind of. He's pretty smart. Yeah. Brian Gumble? I mean, I'm not saying there aren't there aren't smart people Bill out Simmons. there. Bill
2: Simmons. Yeah, Bill Simmons.
1: Bill Simmons. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of smart people. But but by and large, on the whole, let's cut it out. What are they analyzing? Balls going in a hole. That's what they're doing. No, there's more to it than that. And yet, not really. Not really. It isn't. I am I wrong here. They're analyzing a game. That can be played by children. It's not, but it can be understood by a child. That's why children play sport. Children don't play war and peace. They don't play geopolitics because they don't understand it, but they can understand sports because it's pretty simple. There is a hoop. The ball will now go in the hoop. Is that not what's being analyzed? Am I wrong here? Is there something deeper than that? I know with the SJW shit and the politics, everybody wants to, you know, pretend. But let's be very honest here. I mean, you love golf. Are you going to get mad at me if I say golf is simple? No. If no. I'm writing about it as a journalist, is it relatively simple? No, you're whacking a little ball in the woods. Tiger Woods' dad, at four years old, said, you're going to be great, and he got great. Mm-hmm. I turned did the same thing to his ex-wife, Tina. <laughs> said, you're going to be great, and she got great. I'm not talking about methods. It doesn't matter. I turned it in and say to Tina, go out, honey, and figure it out on your own time. He said, let's get it moving. And what happened? Legend. What happened to Tiger Woods? Legend. Mm-hmm. But how complex is this? This isn't the Cold War. <laughs> it's golf. It's fucking basketball. Cut it out. No, Tim, it's... You don't like sports, you're gay, and gay people don't appreciate sport. I love the sports, the drama, the competition, I get it. Just don't come around and tell me, people that recap reality shows are also not bright. Am I hurting anyone's feelings when I say that? people whose main job is to do a recap of a reality show. These are not terribly intelligent human beings. They're crafty and savvy maybe. There's many of them all over the place on social media. But the first words I think of are not intelligence. When somebody's breaking down a scene that happened on Love Island or whatever horror is being delivered to us. There's not a lot of smart people on this planet. There's not, there's a very small, there's a very small group. It is a curse that I'm one of them. I don't want to be one of them. I'd rather not be one of them I'd rather not be one of the smart people I don't want that I'd rather have a huge dick and a six-pack and not know anything but I am an oracle of wisdom Oh no I didn't know that was gonna happen but it happened people get mad at me because because uh, you know they don't they don't think that I respect their uh, basketball podcast enough. Stavi, baby, has a basketball podcast author. I'm sure it's fine, but Stavi wouldn't tell you this is a genius level. right? Because we're talking about sports, which is not complex. It's not that complicated. People make it to be very complex. It's not that complicated, by the way. You have a lot of money. You buy the good players. Some of them get hurt. You got to buy other ones. <laughs> I, am I... I'm going to get so much hate for this, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It, It's relatively we, I get it. I I love athlete. Like I like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by somebody that gets up every day and puts work into their, their ability to do something physically. I think that is great. I'm a big proponent of that. Um, But again, are they the brightest people? No. No, in fact, (laughs) being dumb is a great asset if you're an athlete. It is. It's so, so important to be kind of dumb if you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to think your way out of winning, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you're too intelligent, it's a curse. You got to be into the physicality, the body, the, the moving around, the, the, the just focus, tunnel vision every day, ball, hole. You can't be you're with your mind going in 10 different directions. You can't be a deeply contemplative person. I think it helps to be a little dull, a little dense. We don't want, and that's why you see athletes. They're gorgeous and they're beautiful. We love them. We need them, but you don't, they're not, you know, they're not exactly the, the smartest people. It's true. I'm telling you the truth. You don't want the truth. You go somewhere else. Just don't get mad at me. I felt bad. This little guy got mad. He talks when, when, you know, he'll make a point with sports. He gets in a tone and he's like, well, what you have to understand, shut up. What are you saying? Are you on the team? Are you on the team? Are you making money from the team? Then what are we doing here? What I have to understand. What do I have to understand about the Golden State Warriors? What do I really have to understand? What's essential that I understand? Okay. Not much. But you can't, you can't talk to somebody who's young and, and tell them that. I mean, it's also like, I've done this rant before. I'm not going to do it again. But men treat sports like women treat fashion. They all like it. They all think that there's some job in it for them. And in many cases, there's not. Okay? You're not going to be Dave Portnoy and you're not going to be fucking Tory Burch. It's just what it is. Every fucking girl's running around college going, "I love fashion, I want to work in fashion." And a lot of guys are like, "I want to be a sports agent because they like sports." Everybody likes sport. It's like majoring in tits. <laughs> you like pussy too? I mean, I don't, but it's pretty popular. I mean, that's what people like. "I like fashion." What do you mean? You like being hot. Right. No fat chick ever says that. No grotesque monster goes, "I like fashion." I love fashion. They don't love fashion. Hot chicks like fashion because they like looking hot. It's not a job. I mean it is a job, Melania. but the reality is so people just lose their minds when you when you tell them, I mean this guy, I think he majored in like exercise science or something he majored in the elliptical. I mean the guy I mean this is a, a major now it's sports medicine and what? Oh, it was sports medicine. What is that, jerking off a, a, an ex-Major League Baseball player? Is that what we're doing? He majored in that. Some t- you know, oh, here's What the hell is that major? Here's your knee cream? What are we doing? But that's what he majored in. He majored in uh, fitness and, I don't know, the philosophy of the treadmill, weight training. You know, I don't get it. They studied what Proust had to say about the ketogenic diet. I don't know. I'm just saying it's not a major, and you're not intelligent. I get it. You're, you're good-looking. I appreciate that, and I respect that, and you all have discipline. But don't come at me and get mad at me for just saying a little bit of truth. Audiences in Nashville have been fine They've been good. We sold out six shows. They have not been as amazing as Texas. I've been really getting into Texas. A lot of... We're really thinking about... We're thinking about maybe moving Los Angeles. We talked about this earlier today. We're thinking about getting out of California. Mm-hmm. And and it it's it, it, part of it is the economic collapse, the fires, the homelessness, the civil unrest, the racial tension... Policing, uh, the lack of freedom, the dirt, the diseases that are coming back, the high cost of living, the high property tax burden, the high income tax burden, the mismanagement of the state, uh, the political uh, issues, um, the Earthquakes. earthquakes, the tectonic issues. That's just to name a few negatives. The death of Hollywood how embarrassing it is to even be in this business the idea that everything is independent now and you don't have to be in los angeles to get any opportunities and nobody's giving you any opportunities you give them to yourself and the opportunities you get can get taken right away and we're thinking we're thinking about moving and i got to be honest with you i'm for no other reason and me and ben literally just threw a fuck we looked at america and we threw a fucking pin at the country mm-hmm. And, and, and we didn't even know where it was gonna go. We're, we're thinking about maybe Austin, Texas. <laughs> and it's just, and we threw a pin and it was dark, room was dark and the map was dark. And we just threw a pin and I, I said, what is that? And it was Austin, Texas. And it's so, and again, I don't know if we'll know anyone there. I don't know if anyone we know lives there. Probably not. We'll probably be alone will probably be the biggest podcast in Austin, Texas, if we move there. I'm not saying we will, but I imagine if we do, we'll be number one pretty quickly. But maybe we'll go there. I don't know. I spoke to a realtor. I called a realtor. But you know me, I do a little fake business. I don't know if it becomes real business, but I I, am a little sick of the idea. When you sit in L.A., And you sit in these restaurants and you watch how silly this town is, how sad it is. Uh, In LA, you have two extremes of people. You have 16 year olds who've just arrived, the TikTok kids who are running around, the paparazzi are chasing them. They've got a, you know, they've got, it's a quick burn, their careers, but they're getting money stuffed down their throat. Uh, They're having a ball. Um, and then on the other side, you have people that won't let fame go. They won't let it go. They, they just, you know, they're holding on to it for dear life. Both of those things are very interesting to watch. You're between both of them in L.A. You have people that are relevant for no reason immediately. Uh, who are like just in a daze, or in a haze? They these kids don't even know what's happening. They're just being followed around by paparazzi. They're making all this money. They're, some of them are savvier than others, but they're they're just like, wow, what the fuck? And then on the other end, you have people that are just at the end. You know, they're they've they've done it. They've done what they came to do. And many of them don't know that yet. No one's informed them. No one's pulled them aside and said. You've done this. You did it. It's time to graduate. Here's your diploma. Now walk out. You should have did this years ago. Walk out with the class now. You can't keep coming back into the school. We know you like the pep rallies. We know you like the pep rallies. We know you like homecoming. We know you enjoy it. We know it's fun and you feel just like you felt the first time you did it. But I'm here to tell you this. Everybody's creeped. They're creeped out. You know? And I'm telling you, it's like Grizabella, if you've seen cats. It's a gay podcast. I shit on sports. And I'm talking about cats, but <laughs> Grizabella in 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 uh, in the play cats is like an old uh, cat. Mm. And, and, and she's like, she sings memories. Memory. Mm. Da, 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 da. And she's like this ratty cat that walks out. And that's what you have in Hollywood. You got a bunch of ratty cats walking around. They don't know it's time to go die and cats go die alone. Sometimes you gotta go die alone. Whitney was making me laugh. Whitney Cummings was like obsessed with helping animals and uh, which is what I like about her. If she helped people, it would be grotesque, but I liked that she helps animals. And uh, she kept picking up a cat on her way back to the comedy store, taking it to the animal hospital and they kept going, the cat's just trying to die. Like, cats go alone to die. So, like, literally this cat is trying to die, and then Whitney's, like, putting it on her Instagram, like, saved it again, and the cat's like, let me die. So that's what L.A. is. There's a lot of people there that you just got to let them walk at. But I look and I go, what's my place here? You know, what's my place? What am I going to do? Am I really, am I going to walk around Jake Paul's compound, you know, with an AR-15 and protect him? Am I going to, what am I going to do? What, what is my purpose here? What is my point? I, I sit in a Boa Steakhouse and I, I, I stare at these these uh, kids and they're walking around uh, you know with face tattoos and they roll on on drugs I've barely even heard of you know, uh, you know they're just they're just uh, dancing you know they're they're dancing in front of their cream spinach and they're making more money than I could even ever imagine you know, and I'm just sitting there like where do I fit into all of this what am I going to be in the merch. Is that what I'm gonna do? Is that why I came to LA to sell t-shirts? I just wanna sell merch. This is my new shirt, new drop, new drop's coming. New merch drop's coming. We're dropping it, it's getting dropped. It's merch, things you can wear, things you can wear. You wear them, I sell them, you buy them. I'm an artist. Is that what we're here to do, folks? You want sneakers? Now, we are going to do merch. And don't, don't. <laughs> when I do that, don't come back with this and tell me I've done the wrong thing. I'm not letting it become my whole identity. That's the point. That doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. I've done it in the past. But, I mean, the, the excitement people have over merch. Dude. Get it. It's getting dropped. Is that what we're supposed to I mean, the Nell kids make a, a trillion dollars every time they do a drop. It says full send. They've got to make billions of dollars, those kids. I like those kids. I, 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 because they embrace the darkness of the world in a different way. They go to college campuses and tell everybody to just fuck the corona out of each other and jump headfirst into a pool and do all the drugs and, you know, light your parents' car on fire. I respect that. You know, they do fun pranks like, I don't know, they drink beer in front of cops and get in fights. They go to jail. They try to recreate 9 11. All of that <laughs> stuff I think is good. It's interesting. It's better than a lot of the shit my friends are doing. Let them do it. Good for them. But the merch, I mean, the merch, These pe- they just go wild with the merch. Everybody, what, young kid, they just want that full send, and God love them. Send me a full send sweatshirt, and I'll wear it. But is that what we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to hang out in LA and just meet and talk about merch until we both blow our brains out? Is that what I'm going to do to design a hoodie? My other merch is a joke. It's fun. You should wear it. It's cool, but it's a joke. We got a guy to do a sketch. It's a, it's a bit, and it's funny. I'm gonna sit down now and like I'm a design, like I'm a fashion designer. And you look at me, you go, I want merch from him. W- what is that? <laughs> Comedians are now that? Can you imagine some guy talking to Kenan and be like, now you're at, you're also a stylist. How did that come about? Yeah, I've got a new line of merch about my time as a tent preacher. Sam Kinison's doing a new. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I just look around at LA and I go, Where where do I fit? Where do I fit? 97% of people that do comedy are mentally ill. 3% of us are mentally ill and funny. It's the only difference. You got two clubs in L.A. You got the Improv and the Comedy Store and the Ice House, okay? And Flappers. And I love the the Ice <laughs> House, and I love the improv, and I love the store, but I don't know when things are open. I don't know when Garcetti's going to open that up. They were going to do shows in the parking lot of the Comedy Store, and they fucking, they already said no. Right. Somebody ratted them out, some rat. Mm. You know? The Saddle Ranch, which is next to the Comedy Store... It's a, you want to talk about a horrific restaurant? I mean, her, beyond like, it's like chicken fingers. It's the most popular restaurant in LA right now. Mm-hmm. They've set up tables and chairs in the parking lot, and the TikTok kids go in there and they throw chicken fingers at each other. What is, why is the earthquake not here? I mean, what is going on? How do you take this place seriously? How does one grow old here with any dignity? Explain that to me. Show me how. I get it why RuPaul went and started fracking. Okay? I'm going to start fracking. If I make a little more money on this Patreon, I'm going to go to... You know, RuPaul's got fucking gas lines in Kazakhstan. And I get it. What are you going to fucking do? Sit at the Saddle Ranch and eat coleslaw while 15-year-olds finger fuck each other in front of the paparazzi? You got to move into other things. Christ almighty. I used to like LA when I first met Benjamin. We used to sit in Benjamin's uh, garage and watch Infowars and, you know, the news. And we'd have a lot of fun and we did the sketches and they were fun. And we'd go and do spots and we'd go to the house of pies and eat pies, which were good, but not great. But Ben really loved them, but. Did I get you the Briemer Farms pie? I didn't
2: get it for you. Uh, the one me, you, and Ray did on the, in Long Island. Is that the one you're talking about, where we got the pie and the cider? No, the Briemer is a raspberry cream
1: from from the the, the East End by the Hamptons. Oh, okay. We didn't get it that time, but that's the pie. But the point is, you know, at a certain point, you got to just know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I guess. Yeah. What's coming good here? Show me what's good. Why am I stay? Why am I staying here? The business I'm in has melted. It's it is goo on the ground now. The idea of having a TV show is embarrassing. It would You're embarrassed now if you have a TV show. Oh, are you the guy from that show? No. <laughs> are you the guy from that show on True TV where they talk about whose doghouse is better? <laughs> no. Yes, you are. That's the guy from True TV. Are you the guy that hosts the hot dog challenge? No, I'm not. Please just drive me home. I saw your show. It's really funny. It's an embarrassment already. Enough is enough. We Reno 911, arguably one of the funniest shows of the last decade, ends up coming back on Quibi, which is like this app. That's a fucking complete mess where you're supposed to download it and watch high quality stuff shows in seven minute increments. It's like a joke. It's called Quibi. These always have dumb names. NBC did something called CISO. Now they're doing Peacock. And is everybody lining up to watch Peacock? What's your favorite show? I like the show on Peacock. What are you saying? sounds like a gay bar I want to go to Peacock I'm watching my shows on come stream I mean I just think it's it's kind of a joke now the show is what we're doing the studio is is what we make it and what we do the videos are what we decide they are the guests are who we book. The live show is what the live show is. I mean, there's there's no other components here, and there's there's something a little frustrating about that. When you hit a wall and you go, "Well, wait a minute, what's the goal?" Is to just try to keep being funny and keep introducing new elements to this show to make it better. And 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 that is um, that's interesting and it's challenging. But I'll tell you this right now, I I, I have a very bleak view of the future. Of of the mainstream of this business and my place in it specifically. And when you when you when you get rid of that, the reasons to live in LA are not that many. It's not a beach ain't that nice. It's nice. It's not bad. Hermosa Beach is beautiful. Malibu's okay. But the amount of money you spend there and the hassle of living there versus other places to live, like Austin, Texas, maybe. We don't know completely random selection It's a very weird random selection to choose there, but I don't know where the hub of comedy is going to be. I don't think it's going to be in LA. And you know what? I went back to New York and I love New York and I'm, you know, a New Yorker and blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm not too impressed with New York at the moment. I just, I'm not too impressed. I think New York's got a lot of pain ahead of it and God bless the people that still live there. I've never defined my life by uh, geography, some people I'm in New York. Shut up. What are you? What are you, freak? I'm in New York. Shut up. What'd you do? Think New York gives a fuck about you? I've never defined my life by a zip code. I like to get out there. I don't really give a fuck where I live as long as we can work and make funny shit. Um, but yeah, I'm not going back to New York, I'll tell you that much. Not with de Blasio, not with that fucking nightmare. And all these people in New York... Are like it's gonna go back to being gritty and and all the artists that come back. Yeah, but there's none. You see, none of you are talented. Okay, this is like CBG, the CBGB, but everybody sucks. There's no David Byrne in the Talking Heads. You can't play the guitar, so you're just getting stabbed. And then there's no upside. It's all bad. I got beat up on the way to the club. Now I get to walk in and hear this hack who's horrible. It sucks. There's some great comics in New York, but let's be honest: comedy right now is just full of people that, for the most part, should be locked in a home. They should not be. There should be contact tracing for comedians. Where'd you go? Who'd you see? Who'd you talk to? Not all of them, but a fair amount. I'm not too impressed with New York. I don't know. The once great city, and I'm sure it'll be great again. I don't. Have, I'm 35 years old. I don't have the time to wait around through another f- a few cycles of. uh you know, people uh, of bloodletting. I don't need to wait around through the bloodletting. Ben's trying to start a family. I'm trying to start a harem of lacrosse players. (laughs) I don't need to be sitting there for five years waiting for like Bill de Blasio or whoever. He's going to maybe get ousted in 13 months, maybe not 12 months, whenever that election is. We're a month away from the presidential election in America. The president is quarantining for two weeks. All Souls Day, Halloween, the doomsday planes are in the air. We've got people being recreated. Dead Parkland kids are being recreated and turned into fucking voting PSAs. We are there. So you got to decide where you want to be. You got to decide what physical location you want to be when there gets worse. Because we're already there. I just don't know where there goes. And it could be somewhere not good. You might want a little property. You might want a little space. If you can swing it. If you can't swing it, that's okay too. But something's coming. Something's ready here. And it's not good. And many of us that have paid attention kind of understood this was happening. It's been happening for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. This is not new. If you've read a book or two, that weren't recommended to you that you stumbled upon and found and you understood the deep trouble that we've been in for a while and and the the propensity for that trouble to get even worse then this isn't a shock how quickly it's all happening is a little shocking mm. it's a little stunning i was my mouth was wide today when i saw that kid get recreated i was i was kind of shocked at that so me and Ben might go back to Texas. Ben's a Texas boy. Mm-hmm. He grew up. He grew up in the in the, in the Texas Hills, just walking around looking for
2: the devil. We got some live news, Tim. What is it? Trump is on his way to the hospital. Really? Uh, he's yeah. He's, he's departing the White House by helicopter late Friday. Uh, the official said the visit was precautionary, and that Trump would work from the hospital, hospital's presidential suite. Uh, early Friday, the White House said Trump remains fatigued and had been injected with an experimental antibody cocktail. But he is going to be at a military this hospital is, for the this weekend. This is yeah.
1: very bad news. This is very, very bad news. And um, obviously, nobody wants... Well, I don't want... And I'm not going to say nobody because I'm I'm, not, <laughs> I'm sure that that's not a factual thing. Um, nobody wants Trump to be uh, impaired dr- dr- drastically by this. Number one, if you're a thinking person, you realize... Um, how vulnerable that makes the country, even though, the, you know, the Pentagon will step in. Um, you want an election to happen here. You don't want uh, somebody who's drastically impaired. Uh, this is a very, very trying time. Uh, it is truly, um, we're on the, the the brink here. We're on the verge. We're on the Absolutely. edge. As, as much as we joke around, as much as we have fun on the show, and it's what our job is, uh, we are on the brink of of some... some challenges that are that could prove insurmountable in the short term and I, I I think that people don't quite understand that you know we 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 are heading towards a place there's never been less trust I mean if you go back to the civil War and stuff fine but just for the for the purposes of the point I'm going to make there's never been less trust in this country than, than what I see now uh, people are quick to violence uh, nobody trusts any of the major institutions the media the government Um, we have a a, a pandemic, Mm -hmm. we have an economic collapse, we have uh, a president of the United States in the hospital, we have an election that's already very contentious, unraveling uh, and unfolding, uh, where where we're going to have some answer in a month's time. Um, It's, I mean, one of my favorite quotes, hell is empty and all the devils are here. (laughs) William Shakespeare. I mean, truly... This makes two thousand and nine look like a cake walk in the park. Two thousand and nine, we just had a recession. We had a cool black dude running the show, and everybody was like, we'll figure it out. but as as far as this goes, we are right now, we got dead people coming back to do commercials here. That was that great Bill Hicks joke about that that uh, Yule Brenner when he died. It was an anti-smoking PSA. And Bill Hicks was like Yule Brenner's like the commercial was I'm Yule Brenner and I'm dead now. <laughs> Bill Hicks was like, "What's he selling?" <laughs> a great joke. Um, Trump headed to the hospital precautionary visit with COVID. He's on a cocktail of Regeneron. It's an experimental anti. He's getting treatment. the best. He's getting the best. Uh-huh. How? Uh, I mean, this could mean war with China. This could just sure. mean a, a war with China.
2: I mean, truly, how? He has a fever. He's very he's lethargic. They said this is just all precautionary. Is he though. 75? I think Trump's 74. Let me see.
1: I mean, this is who it's going to get. This is how it's who it gets, yeah, folks. He's 74. Yeah. I mean, 74 is not the age you want to be if you get corona. Overweight, too. He's overweight. Yeah. You know. Bad diet. Doesn't eat the best foods. I mean, you want to talk about Shakespearean. If he died of coronavirus, right? It's a little Shakespearean, yeah, little crazy. If he died of that, um, if his condition worsened, that would be. I mean, there's, there's, this is the wildest period in American history, I think, other than really World War II or the Civil War. I mean, I just can't think of anything where there's just been a succession of events that have happened one after another. Like this. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it it highlights even how silly L.A. is. What a silly, unserious place it is when this stuff starts to happen. And you start to realize now that, you know, we're in uncharted waters here. I mean, Boris Johnson went to the hospital with this. Yeah. And he came out okay, but it was tough. It was tough. Yeah, and he was much younger than Trump. Probably both in not great shape, but a precautionary visit. Yeah, I mean,
2: Boris was fifty six.
1: Here's the thing, man. He would not be going to the hospital if there was nothing going on.
2: That's how I'm kind of thinking.
1: Yeah, right? I they'd have they'd have doctors come in there. They have doctors there would come in. Right. So he's going to the hospital, and it's not.
2: It's not good. I mean. Uh, the power has not been transferred to the vice president yet, but uh, this is all live on Drudge. I'm here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow.
1: Mike Pence is healthy. <laughs> right. We're sitting in an Airbnb in Nashville. You know, it's like. We're sitting in an Airbnb in Nashville. The president of the United States has just gone to the hospital with coronavirus. The 74-year-old overweight president of the United States who happens to be Donald Trump. (laughs) Today, I woke up and I watched a child who was killed in a Parkland school shooting get reanimated to come back and deliver an anti-gun PSA. Okay? Okay. I then scrolled down on my phone to be informed that trust in institutions was uh, at record lows and people were already starting to see irregularities with the voting in the election, which has been taking place absentee for, I believe, a few weeks. Then I looked at (laughs) the earthquakes that are happening right where I live, out in the desert in California, that could suggest a larger and bigger earthquake, okay? Okay. Then I ate some truly mediocre hot chicken out of a box that my opener waited 35 minutes to get, all the while on the line probably cursing me because I didn't understand the importance of his basketball podcast, okay? Now we sit down, try to do a nice little episode for everybody, talk about the things that are happening, defend the honor of the great, Grifter and gold digger Melania Trump. Yes, yes. Who's uh, I don't know if she's in the hospital. You think she's accompanying Donald to the hospital? Probably. She's she has mild symptoms though. She's supposedly fine. She'll she'll be fine. Those Eastern Europeans. I mean, come on, they come to the country in a crate. You think you can? You think you can get them? We're on the verge of a civil war conflict with China. We're ready in a trade war with them. Cold war, hot war. A a, a country of endless grifts. The month of October. The month of October. Want to make a hack pumpkin spice latte joke here, but you just can't. Because we're on the verge of... (laughs) You could wake up tomorrow and the president could not be here anymore and it'd be pandemonium. Oh, yeah. Could happen during one of my shows tonight. We could get word... God forbid, we don't want this, that the president is in a coma or passed out or dead or anything during one of my comedy shows. And I mean, what a time to be performing stand up comedy. Somebody could yell out a heckle during my set, like Trump's dead now or something. And I guess I would just have to say, all right, well, in light of this news, I don't think it's appropriate to continue the show, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's what I would say. I think that's what I would say if something like that were to happen. And I'm, I, I don't usually do stuff like that, but I would say kind of like in light of the recent developments, I would say tragic. I'm in Nashville. I'd say in light of the recent tragic developments, uh, it is inappropriate now for me to continue my show, but we do have a merch table <laughs> outside with a hoodie that I've spent months designing for you. So if you want to get in on this merch, but man, it's fucking wild out. I don't know where this goes. This is the Willy Wonka boat ride that we're on here, you know? Can you get that up? Can we play that a little bit? Or is that the kinda... Willy Wonka boat ride? Yeah. Maybe. See if we can get that up. They get on the boat with Wonka. I can see he's mentally unstable.
2: If that song's not copyrighted, I think we should be able to. It's probably all copyrighted. Yeah, it's copyrighted.
1: All right. Or YouTube will take all our money. YouTube will say no more money. Wow. Well, we hope the president (laughs) has a speedy recovery. We hope there is an election, that it is fair, that people are happy with the result. No one's ever going to be happy with anything, but that people are confident that it was a free election and that we still have a democracy. I really hope that. You know? Yeah. But don't, we will be a dictatorship with merch. Like, we will still have merch. Don't worry about it. The military junta will be firmly in place. And we'll all be selling each other fucking hoodies with funny, wacky faces on them. I don't know what to tell you. I'll use a sports analogy. It feels like it's time for a Hail Mary. How about that? (laughs) Is that fun for everyone? A little sports analogy right now. We're in end times. It's an odd place to broadcast from. It's an odd place to plug dates, which I'm about to do right now. But during end times, where are you getting your chuckles? Because right after this, we've got shows in Salt Lake City, Utah. We've got shows in Tampa. We have shows in Palm Beach, Florida. We have shows in Chicago. We have shows in Oklahoma. We have shows in Denver, and we have shows in Kansas City. And then we are wrapping up this leg of the tour, and then we're going to chill for a few months in the winter, keep doing the podcast, get some of our energy back, regenerate, you know. And Phoenix, too. And Phoenix, which is not selling well, so if you're out there in Phoenix, please buy tickets. Um, phoenix is selling okay. Everything else is really sold out. Every market really, except Phoenix. So, I mean, and we've added shows, so there's tickets in every market. But there, we've added shows. Uh, phoenix could do a little better. Speaking of Phoenix, we hope Donald J. Trump rises <laughs> like a phoenix. <laughs> you think Melania is at his bedside right now with a lawyer and the will? Donald, you made promises to me. Many, pro- Donald. I have to put up Christmas decorations. Who gives a shit about them? Wow.
2: I mean, by the time this is out, he might be.
1: I don't know. I mean, we're hoping that that does not happen. But I mean, it. I've never really. We've never seen. Some the wheels come off something so quickly. I, I I mean I don't I can't even imagine i can't I can't even begin to tell you uh how how quick the wheels have come off this society truly um but you know get that merch <laughs> good night